Hi, I'm Tyreek. Hey, I'm Nathan Fouts. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Tyreek, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm Tyreek. I'm making a game called Catacomb Kids. You can play it. It's on Steam and itch.io. I've been working on it for a very long time. It has been a long time coming. <laughs> I've heard of that game, too. It's a long <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mentioned this the past few times I've been on. I'm still working on this album thing. I thought it would be out by now, but then I got some feedback on it and became incredibly insecure, and now I'm just working on it even more. So I don't know when it's going to be done, but um, I did buy the domain error with an F.com after our last discussion. So uh, rather than trying Very to good. S- spell out the name, which is apparently a source of confusion, you can just go to error with an F.com. It'll take you to my Bandcamp page. Tyreek, entertain me. Tell me what the name is. <laughs> it's Fror. <laughs> F-R-R-O-R. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hard to do. Okay. Error with an F is much better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nathan, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I am a marketing man. This is definitely what I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a mommy'sbestgames.com on the internet, and um, I'm remastering one of my original run and gun games. It's called Weapon of Choice DX Deluxe Edition, and it comes out September 2nd on all consoles. Please get it if you like run and guns, Contra, shoot 'em ups, aliens. Predator, Commando, yeah. Yeah, I remember that game coming out in like 2008 or something like that. You have a like good that. memory. That's, a good, that's, that's the year. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited that I got the year right. The I year remember right. being very excited about like uh, Xbox Live Indie Games in general, Xblig. Yeah. I remember that being a, um, one of the prominent, like this is one of the good games on that, on that uh, sub-platform. Thank you. Very yeah, cool. Microsoft promoted it and everything and it was really cool and we get to charge 4.99 for it which was nice kind of ridiculous at the time it was whatever 400 microsoft points or something and that was the high end you could go down from there but they had a party in san francisco they invited me out to it me and my wife and it was super cool and they really tried hard to promote it it was it was it was cool we used xna to make that game and Mm -hmm. that game is so old i'm waiting how old is it how old is it (laughs) that game is so old it's in a four by three ratio. <laughs> Not that anyone cares, but the DX version had to get rebalanced and remastered into sixteen by nine. You couldn't just put like some cool bars on the side with like a sp- like splash images, like they do on, on on those like arcade collections and stuff. For real, yeah, I know, right? If I was lame, I would do that. But <laughs> um, I like to do a good job on my games. I, I, I like to have. Um, have a nice heritage to the games that I make and always take care of them. And so this is widescreen and you know, like I had to rebalance a bunch of junk and um, we AI upresed the textures to 4k. <laughs> that that doesn't mean much except for now on a big, like I got a giant ridiculous TV, like a 55 inch. It's annoying. It looks perfectly fine. What it is is when you, when you upres the textures to a big TV like that, and all it does is make them look correct. You're just like, yeah, that's fine. But if you didn't do that, they don't look right. <laughs> so, because it's hand-drawn art, too. Right. The art kind of moves up like that. And it looks, it looks better. It's like nostalgia. Like, it just looks fine. You're like, of course it looks like that. But if you showed them the real thing, it didn't look right, as right, good right. as it it's, should. Well, it depends. Like, super old-school pixel art looks like you remember it. It's practically vector art at that point, right? Yeah. It just scales up perfectly. But yeah. this was this was kind of like, you know, in that middle ground of, I always like this style, but it's like, uh, 
people call it like a trapper keeper, like the back <laughs> of a folder. Someone drew right. stuff on it. I, I, I was doing that, you know, for yeah, a long time. Whatever, whatever you call the the boy version of Lisa Frank. Yes, the boy version of Lisa Frank is Mommy's Best Games. <laughs> yes, like I said, I've been doing that for a long time, and I got the idea. Not that it's an original idea, but I literally got the idea of like looking at Neo Contra on the PS2. Yeah, pull out the manual and look at it, and there's this awesome comic book art and i was just like why can't the game just look like that yeah like that looks amazing i love that stuff so that's how i've been doing my games more or less ever since but you know i love the you know contra but it's kind of little bleep, 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 little polygons that are my favorite yeah 3d of that era does not look good it didn't look good even at the time oh no uh did you use fna to do the port i definitely talked to the guy that does it we we worked on it for a while together and and then what i didn't use it sorry i I'll just jump and just tell you no. Okay, <laughs> um, right. It's a very good thing. I'll just say that if anybody else is looking to port XNA, it's great. But um, an alternative is my business partner um, that runs a group called Super Soul, John Meister. Him and his buddy actually just wrote their own thing in Unity that rips XNA games over to Unity. Yeah. And it's great too. And it's custom. We implement and the API. It's just, yeah, he just makes. You know, makes it all work for me, and like we've got achievements and the works and all this stuff, so it's great. So I ended up using that, and now we're working on port- porting it to about everything. Yeah, yeah, I've got very similar war stories for getting Frog Fractions into Unity. Yeah, getting all the textures up to 4K. Spoilers for Frog Fractions and the Hat DLC for the base game. I actually just used Tall Screen or whatever you call the letterboxing on the side. Pillboxing. Pillboxing. I used little curtains. <laughs> so the, the the curtains could then open up when you transitioned into the hat DLC into the new story. Mm, that's smooth. And so it it's if you don't if you don't ever buy the hat DLC, all it is is like here's this game that runs in sixteen by nine for some reason <laughs> and always has these red curtains on either side of the screen. Hmm. Wonder why, right? Yeah. <laughs> I recently acquired a, 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 a ultra wide monitor, so my main monitor now is, is ultra wide, so it's basically like two monitors stuck together horizontally it it surprises me whenever i open a game and it takes up the entire monitor it seems like too much i look all the way over (laughs) there and if the game isn't designed for it then the ui sucks right because it's like oh all the important stuff is so far apart that you have to literally (laughs) turn your head to see the stuff and like that's no just I'm fine with just having a centered view. That's that's okay. also like if if the cursor or the reticle is in the middle of the screen, then it's between the two screens. It's on the like the. Oh well. I'm just gonna use the word bezel because I think it's a bezel, but I could be wrong. Is it a bezel? Well, there's not a bezel there. It's it's just as wide as though there were two monitors next to each other, but it's not actually two monitors next to each other. Oh, it really is. It really is just one screen. Yeah, it's then. just one one oh, full nice. screen. Yeah, yeah. Is it curved? Is it curved around your head? <laughs> it's not around <laughs> my head, but it is curved. It took some getting used to, but I'm I like it now. I had I had to get a a uh, one of those uh, uh, programs to like make sure that all the windows like snap into reasonable positions because otherwise, like I don't need anything full screen on this monitor. It's too like if if I full screen anything, it's too much. I'm not, I don't need all that space, so I had to like get one of those one of the things to like divvy up the screen into various usable portions that windows can snap into and stuff yeah i would ask you to take a picture of it but it would probably be like if you i don't know if you've ever tried to take a picture of the moon or of like (laughs) a mountain where it's like Like, really impressive in person and then you see it in a photo and it's looks like i can't really it's 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 a picture it's a circle yeah it's just yeah it's 
It just uh, hearing the ultra widescreen just makes me want to play that Darius game that shoot him up that launched originally with oh, like three yeah. screens oh, in the arcade. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was neat. I remember that. That was so cool. Yeah, I love that or, game. Wasn't there like weren't there like Mech Warrior games or something like that that also have like wraparound screens? Like those arcade arcade games where you're yeah. like piloting a mech but the but like you're like inside the mech and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was is that like a virtual on game or something? Something like that. I don't know. Microsoft had that really cool one that came with a two hundred dollar controller. You guys remember that yeah. one? Mech game? That that's actually the one I'm thinking of. Um, Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of too. Yeah, so cool. It's at the maid. Just amazing. I had a friend that owned that controller. It's ridiculous. Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion sounds right. The the one at the maid is built around that controller. Oh, nice. It's a big box that you sit in. Like it's it's got a a sliding door and like you can and a, and a big big red phone on the inside if you need to call outside for help. That's awesome. Call your friend outside the box and the <laughs> because the manual to the game is outside the box, oh. <laughs> so you can call them up and ask him to look things up in the manual for you. That's great. Not playable now because the maid is not a physical museum at this point. Hopefully in the future it will be. I was actually about to ask about that. I don't know what the status of the maid is currently. Does it still exist? It's in storage. The uh, non-profit organization does still exist. Okay. But it doesn't have a physical home. Yeah, probably not for at least a year. I I remember seeing a time frame on when it might possibly come back, but I can't imagine it coming back before... People take the idea of COVID being gone seriously. Right. Right. Maybe your kids will get to do it. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> someday I'll show Winston the Big Steel Battalion box. He'll be inside calling for help. That's right. <laughs> Dada, it's dark. <laughs> uh, I guess we should start on some topics. Sounds reasonable. Uh, Tyreek, your topic is the length of poles with which not to touch things. As a measure of repulsion. <laughs> this actually came up when I was uh, streaming recently, just the other day. I don't recall, like, the impetus for this specific topic coming up, but there was some situation where I was trying to think of like the length of a pole. Cause you know, you, there's the, there's the saying, like I wouldn't touch that with a so-and-so foot pole. Right. And I was trying to remember the length and the like default pole length that that is in my head from that phrase is from the Grinch. So it's always a 39 and a half foot pole. Whoa. But I realized that the, like people use all different lengths of pole. Like I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. I wouldn't touch that with a hundred yeah. foot pole. You know, and so hmm. that that got me thinking that like I wonder if you could use the length of a pole as a measure of how how much you don't want to deal with a thing. Kind of yeah. like 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 in my mind, this is working on a scale similar to like you know Scoville. In terms of like heat, right? Or there's that other dude that has like the pain scale, and he like went around the world just getting hurt by a bunch of things and being like, "Oh, that was worse than the other one." Right. I feel like we could use like the length of a pole with which you don't want to touch something as a unit of measurement to like measure how much you like how disgusted or repulsed you are by a particular object or topic. Right. Yeah. So I believe the median is ten feet, mm-hmm. or three point zero four eight meters. <laughs> the less common spoken right. version. Right. I wouldn't touch that with a three point zero four eight. Did you say meter pole? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. What would it mean if you would? I would touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> right. Would that be like? <laughs> or is it just implying that I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole? But 
nine feet, 11 inches. Right. Yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm thinking. Wait, no, that's closer. It's got to be the other way around. It's got to be 10 foot, one inch pole. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that <laughs> yeah. with a 10 foot pole, but, <laughs> but like touching it with a 30 foot pole is reasonable. Yeah. So like I was talking about this with the chat in, you know, I was streaming and the chat got involved and they were, uh, someone, someone said, so if you change the, the, the length to a negative, does that mean you want the thing inside you? <laughs> I was thinking it would be amusing if 10 feet were like neutrality mm. and like the if it's, if you if you would touch it with a nine foot pole that means you kind of like it actually <laughs> <laughs> and then 11 starts getting into disgust right yeah I like that yeah yeah what sense are you getting out of touching it with a pole you're you're not feeling it that oh, way. I, th I think I think the, the implication is that the pole isn't a matter of touching, but a matter of like distance from the thing. So if you're saying right, I wouldn't yeah. touch that with a 10 foot pole, you're essentially saying I don't want to be closer than 10 feet from that thing. Oh, that makes a little more sense. I was thinking the pole could communicate with you physically somehow. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If, and if... sending you like emotion or touch through your hand. I don't know what pole I'm thinking of. I don't have a pole like that. So it's 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 like a pole with like haptic feedback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, okay. yeah. I just thought, like, what else are you touching things with a pole for? Why don't you at least getting something out of it? So I get it now. Yeah. Touch one end of the pole to the to the singer, and the other end to like the base of your skull. <laughs> <laughs> those little those little headphones that uh, vibrate your ear bones. Right. Yeah. When I've poked things with sticks before, it's to see how gross it is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You kind of move it around and you're just like, oh, man, and you oh, you lift it up. Oh, gosh, like that. I kind of feel like that's where this phrase originates from, though, is like the idea that like, oh, if you're curious about something, but you don't want to touch it directly, you, you touch it like through some proxy. Like you, you, you use the, the, the pole or the stick as the touching implement. In my mind, it's always about gross things. But I just started thinking about like creatures, like a badger. Mm. You know, I wouldn't want to be 10, I would want to be at least 10 feet away from a badger if I was going to poke it. You also hear it said sometimes about non-physical objects, like like political topics, for instance, like, oh, I'm not touching that with a with a 20-foot pole, you know, that sort of thing, as like a measure, not of disgust, but of like social danger or, or mm. yeah. something like that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I feel like uh, in a lot of social situations, people react with like very similar emotions to physical disgust. This is true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, this is true. When, when you're talking about poking things with a stick to see if how see how gross it is, I keep thinking of like how in Japan it's considered cute to blow a snot bubble when you're sleeping. Oh. Is it? That's a thing in anime, at least. It makes me think of anime when you say that. I know it yeah. happens in anime, but I didn't realize it was seen as cute. I'm just assuming that. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's portrayed that way in like you know chibi art. Yeah, I'm just imagining like. Your dad's doing that, and you woke up and you pop the bubble with a stick, and that's how you wake him up. It's gross. <laughs> we found out how gross it was. I wouldn't touch that with with a with a with a five foot pole. <laughs> a five foot, okay. Yeah, you get you get longer than five feet. You're you're probably going to just hit your dad in the head accidentally. <laughs> it's all wobbly, yeah. like a pole vaulting pole, like whatever however long that is, ten foot or so. Pole vaulting is, is that's ridiculous, right? <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> 
It is absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was. No, it's super cool. No, it's cool, but it's 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 very much ridiculous. Listen, they used it in one of those Tremors movies, so I'm pretty sure it's real. That was a legitimate display of how to use a pole and make it cool. So I'm taking that one to heart, that it's a real thing and it's awesome. All that the sport does is just to get us ready. Getting ready for for the Tremor creatures to come? Listen, murder hornets? I don't know. Tremor creatures? Yeah. Can happen. <laughs> I saw something. Blah, 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 help me. Uh, Netherlands, some town where there's a, a creek, and they use the poles to get across the creek like all the time. Oh wow, super cool! Like in Last Jedi. Yes, the cutest David Kincaid or whatever, just beautiful little setting of grass and Thomas Kincaid. Sorry, and like little houses, and then a beautiful little creek, and there's poles just arbitrarily left and right up and down this creek and you could just go whoop and just swing over it you know well i like that they're communal poles i think so and not just like everybody has to own their own pole and if you don't oh yeah you're they're just... all uber poles now you have to rent them <laughs> 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 and there's like a little unlock thing and then when you're done you just kind of lay it on the ground just like a razor scooter just flop it on the ground anywhere and just you just tired of it gets in everybody's way yeah, so I, I searched for Dutch Cross Creek with pole, and I'm, I've am got pictures here. It's pretty good. That wasn't a dream, right? I mean, maybe they're pictures of your dream. <laughs> <laughs> they did have me hooked to the machine at one point, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> they took all the ideas out of your head. <laughs> it's beautiful, right? I can't remember if it was a video or what, but it was just like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I had done pole vaulting in school. When I was in uh, school, I was briefly on, on the you know track and field team. We didn't have anybody to do pole vaulting, but at the first like meet track meet we went to, there was like you know the pole vaulting event, and the the coach was like, "Hey, does anybody just want to want to do this? Like <laughs> we haven't trained for it at all. But uh, uh, if anybody wants to just do the pole vaulting, just so we don't lose by default, uh, go for Can it. Can you do it without dying? That's so everybody looked at me for this because apparently like, well, I, I like jumping and I, I'm, I'm, I guess I was good at it at the time. I was like, I, he's like the highest jumper of us all. He can probably jump really high. He can probably <laughs> pole vault decently. And I refused. I, I, I was like, absolutely not. That stick is long and it's floppy. And I just envision it snapping in half and impaling me yep. or yep. me getting, getting like really high up there. And then, like falling off and i'm like i this does not appeal to me yeah i don't want anything to do with this this is it's an absolutely terrifying uh, situation to be in so we just lost by default yeah <laughs> you made a good choice due, due, due to my cowardice <laughs> no, you made a good choice my dad actually used to coach pole vaulting like back in the 70s though and he has some amazing crazy horror stories about it like not getting stabbed poles shiver shatter no 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 nothing like that nothing like that stuff like Oh, well, when we did it, we didn't have a proper pit. So, you know, we just dug a hole and then fell on a mattress. I'm like, how high were you going? (laughs) Like, it was crazy. Crossing the creek seems pretty relevant that they're mostly moving vertically. Or mostly moving horizontally, rather. Horizontal, yes. Yes. Right. It's really neat. Like, I would love to try that over there. That looks totally doable. Looks very different than pole vaulting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Yes. Part of the point of the pole vault, the most salient thing, I think, is that the pole basically folds in half and then you fucking spring up there. It's insane. And by the way, Tyreek, it's nothing about jumping. There's no jumping. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, I don't it's think... Like tons of technique. It's crazy. 
Yeah. I was like, N- none of us have prepared for this. Why would you suggest that any of us do it? It's a lot of technique, and yeah, you don't jump. <laughs> like, you get thrown up there, basically, if you're lucky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Does anybody remember what the topic was? Poles. Poles as a measure of repulsion. Oh, we were talking about poles, so we actually didn't go so far afield. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan, your topic is, Weezer just released a new album. You can li- already listen to it on demand for free on YouTube. How do they, or any band, make money today? So, if you go onto YouTube and type in Band Weezer, which is their new, uh, like, arena rock album, it's good. It's, like, return to form. It's, like, a nod to, you know, Van Halen, obviously. It's a good album. It's, it's, it's great. I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur, but I try to make money on my games, and so I look at things. I don't understand how a modern musical band makes money. Yeah. I, I tried it on my phone, too. Like, just go on to YouTube, and the first hit is a playlist by an arbitrary person that just ripped the album. So what am I going to do? Try and find their real album? No. <laughs> I'm just going to click go on his thing. Yeah. I don't know. Whoever makes money on that. That guy might not even get the money. Maybe Google takes all the money from those ads. <laughs> so yeah. do you guys have any idea? I mean, I have some vague ideas. You know, it doesn't work like the traditional premium method of, you buy the album and then you listen to it. Yeah. In this specific case, I believe YouTube detects that this is an album that has been registered with them and gives the ad revenue to the, probably not the band, but the record label. And then the record label distributes it to the band. That's fascinating. I did not know that. Yeah. This is um the content ID thing that everybody's complaining about where like, I, for example, this is a thing that happened that I saw. Some so There was a guy who's like, Got this like horror sounds box that's like a spring and some metal. Oh, you've seen these? Yes, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Then the guy like makes uh, ambient horror soundscapes with them. Uh, There was a dude who sampled them and made an album with those samples and then registered those albums with DistroKid, which is one of the organizations that will like put your songs on Spotify and like and do this thing where like tells YouTube that you own this sequence of noises, uh, at which point uh, YouTube will then go on to the original videos of that guy playing the horror box and put ads on those videos and give the revenue to you. That's that's messed up though, right? It is messed up. It is. That's crazy. It, it's also sensitive enough that like if uh, you do a, your own recording of like a piece of classical music, it'll get confused with other recordings of it. Wow. I know I know content ID is like a thing that people complain about a lot on like uh, YouTube and stuff like creators are like this is a ridiculous claim this is like original content that I made but also like these people that are uploading full albums uh that that are like the reason that they implement that sort of thing in the first place is like people ruining things for for everybody else because they don't know how to how to be reasonable and <laughs> not steal music and upload it online I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm yeah, part yeah. of the problem for sure. Like, I go onto YouTube <laughs> and just click on albums and start listening to stuff. So, yeah, I feel bad about it, but apparently not bad enough about it to pay for anything to do anything about it. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Napster. Do you remember Napster? Oh yeah, Napster was one of the biggest cultural turning points of like feeling like this is what the future is of like yeah. I can just type in the name of a band and be listening to it. In five seconds. Yeah, that was a big deal back then. That was something that pirates beat the record industry to that idea. And that's why piracy won. 
Yeah, we're living in that world now where we have to deal with the fact that everybody steals everything and bands basically don't make money is the answer. Well, that <laughs> sucks, man. Like It really does. I, I just, I know this is, I said I listened to the albums on YouTube, which is, you know, bad for the bands, but I buy games on my PlayStation 4. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is. Well, the answer is that you support the art you value most, uh, which is, I guess is games. Yeah, but like, you know, I, I what it really is is I like to play games on my TV, and the the shortest path to get there, the simplest path, I could like rig up a PC or something and make it work on my, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like one of the talking points you hear from people who are talking about piracy is that piracy is easier than doing the right thing. YouTube albums is easier than doing the right thing. That's the problem. Much more so with movies. Like, yeah, you don't have to figure out what streaming service it's on and like subscribe to that one or like deal with DRM when it fucks up. You just download the movie and watch it. It's easy as hell. And so get this YouTube, you can buy movies on there. They've got that figured out. Yeah. But music is different. Yeah. Like, they are just screwing that music industry. Music is being screwed for like 25 years now or whatever. Like, it's nuts. They just do not care about them. There's a YouTube music app that I haven't looked at. Maybe that has, I mean, maybe there's a something there. I don't know. As far as I know, the way you make music as a band today is by doing biz dev. Uh, you make m music off your concerts, off of merch, and off of like making deals, like putting your songs in commercials and things like that. So messed up, dude. That's like tipping the waiter. You know what I mean? He's just not getting enough, and so he's just like, oh, well, you got to make sure you tip the waiter. It's like, oh, I better buy their their T-shirt, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess That's so. That's basically how I treat it. I don't listen to a lot of music on YouTube, but I do listen to a lot of music on Spotify, which I know doesn't pay bands enough. Yeah. It is a, a form of monetization, but it is not a, a, a great one. Right, right. Well, but I listen to, like, just a ton of music on spotify and but like i am aware of the fact that it's not enough and so whenever i find an artist that i like really like and enjoy i try and find other ways to also give them money if i you know if i can spare it yeah uh so i i will i will like buy their music in other places or i'll buy like merch from them buy hats and stuff and you're right i never actually made that connection that but it is basically just like tipping it's messed up it's like it's like they're making their money off of, off of tips as opposed to as opposed to the actual uh content that they're producing yeah I really do think YouTube could lock it down just like a movie. It's just a movie without video. Lock down the albums, have us pay for them, and then everything would suck. But, like, at least, <laughs> at least then, you know, somehow they could make money. It's like, you know, yeah, you rent movies and stuff. The expectation is so high. I think at that point people would just use Spotify for everything instead of YouTube. Yeah. And Spotify is, in the best case scenario, it's like Steam where it's taking a huge cut of everybody's money. Mm-hmm. To listen to like independent musicians like Ben Prunty talk about it, Spotify pays okay. Like Spotify mm. pays Ben okay because he's dealing directly with them, but bands that are dealing with Spotify via a record label, apparently, like the contracts is still the norm for those contracts to be shit for those bands. Oh, nice. I see. So everybody just needs to be self-published and independent on Spotify. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Or, or just in the world. Like- I'm a big fan of like going on Bandcamp and just paying the artist directly. Yeah, same. But again, like I listen to so much music that I don't do that with everything. I do that with like my very favorite things. 
Yeah. The other thing I like try to do is like go to live shows and show them, you know, support by being in there in person and like, you know, buying their stuff from them and trying to like be enthusiastic so that they can see that their music is impacting people and that sort of thing. Uh, but for some reason, I haven't been able to do that lately. Uh, who knows why? <laughs> I mean, also, my problem is that, like, I listen to, like, Black Sabbath. They're not around anymore. So. Well, yeah, I feel less bad about it in, in those sorts of cases yeah. where it's like, oh, either this person is no longer around or they've they've made it. They don't need my, they don't need yeah, my help anymore. <laughs> well, they're they're fine. Yeah, or, well, honestly, I, feel, I don't feel as bad about it because I own most of the albums on CD. <laughs> This is just a convenience thing. Right, yeah. But yeah. Not that I listen to my CDs anymore. Yeah, but they're there. They're there. They come for me. Taking up space in your garage. They're my, in, my, in my closet there, and I like to look at them occasionally. Actually, what I use the CDs for is I look at them to remember what music I like. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, are we ready for another topic? Yeah. So my topic is, why is the Doom Plasma Rifle like that? Have you two, have you two played Doom, the 1993 PC game? Yeah, never heard of it. Played it recently. Yeah, what's what's like that? Come on, Jim, you're you're killing me. I'm dying. I saw that topic, and I'm dying to know. Curious if you were just going to be like, yeah, why is it like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Doom Plasma Rifle, the way it works is you push the fire button, and for as long as the fire button is held, it's shooting out these projectiles, and then when you release the fire button, there's this cool down period before it can fire again. I love it. Okay. And what's weird about this to me is like, is it supposed to be like an overheating thing? Except it doesn't overheat until you stop shooting. Yeah. It's the most American gun ever made. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because it's just like, do it. Keep going over the top. It's like just OTT, go. And then when, when you stop shooting, it starts sulking. It's like, what? Why did you stop? <laughs> Why did you stop? shooting they're still no, they're still alive i love it it's just like it's a bullet hose go are you asking why it's like that from a, a like in universe perspective or yes from, like from a, game a, design from a perspective? lore perspective okay actually you know what i would love an answer from a game design perspective too like i've never seen any weapon in any other game have the cooldown only start to go into effect after you let go of the fire button and until then you can just shoot for as long as you want like if it was an overheat, I would expect that, like, you know, you can fire, you know, 20 shots and then it overheats and you have to stop for a while. I'm assuming it uses ammo, right? I haven't played Doom in forever. It does. You can run out of ammo and that's a separate thing. And actually, like, I don't know if it does the overheat thing after you run out of ammo. It might. Well, my assumption from a game design perspective, my initial gut reaction is that, oh, yeah, it's just a temptation. <laughs> It's like a temptation to keep shooting for as long as you can and try and kill as many things as you can, like without letting go of the button. Uh, the risk being that you run out of ammo faster, but the reward being you don't have to wait for the reload time and, and that sort of thing. So it's like, this is kind of like a risk reward thing. That's a very interesting design decision for a game that is otherwise extremely straightforward, though. I think it just fits the time. I mean, like, what is it? 93. Yeah. It was over the top. It's hilarious. I mean, they called the gun the BFG. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. they were just being 90s. Hey. That, that's also a very weird gun, by the way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I'll, I'll just tell you how much I enjoyed it. I didn't know it even did that. 
I just always just used all the bullets until they were done. <laughs> <laughs> I never even knew there was a cooldown. <laughs> I just held down the button, killed everything, and just kept shooting for fun, and then switched to another gun. That's, never even noticed the cooldown. That's very funny. That's that's very maybe, the, and maybe that was the intent. Maybe they were. Maybe they really are punishing you for being careful. I mean, the plasma rifle to me was always just oh, got some <laughs> done next. <laughs> yeah, it's about that fast, and I was just like whatever. And I would switch over to another gun, and I was not that. Yeah, it was. I, they, they gave you some sloppy room in there, which I liked. You know, you yeah. don't have to be that methodical. All right. So, what about from a lore perspective? What could possibly explain? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only one. So, like, I go with Tyreek with his design uh, explanation. I think is perfect. Um, I also think from a an aesthetic principle, it works great. Like, it, it matches the the nature of the game. From a lore perspective, it's stupid and sloppy. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, I mean that actually would be totally in character, but for those ca- for those dudes, now my brain has to solve this problem. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, you brought this to me, and now I'm trying to invent explanations. Like, uh, uh. what if like the firing process itself is also venting out heat? Mm-hmm. Maybe like the the plasma b- balls are like it's shooting out, and as the gun fires those. The heat is leaving the gun in the form of plasma balls, but as soon as you let go of the trigger, the plasma ball that it was just ready to fire is like suddenly now the gun's really hot and it has to cool down because it didn't fire that one. That's actually really good, Jim. I mean, I would not have come up with that one because I just think it's so sloppy and dumb and they didn't care, but that's like legit. Yeah, if Tom Tom Hall were still working on Dead Id when, when they made Doom... He would have come up with it. He would have written that into the lore Bible. That could be, exactly. That could be in the book. I'll tell you what. I played that. Um, I haven't played the second new Doom, but I played the the recent new Doom, you know, like 2016 or something. Oh, sure. I thought it was pretty, pretty great. They did a really good job balancing a whole bunch of stuff going on in there. And they fixed the BFG. It wasn't totally stupid anymore. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Did you, did you play the, mo- the sequel to that? I haven't got to play the sequel yet. I heard it was a little too fast. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard mixed things about it. I, what, I, what I heard was that from a design perspective, they, they looked at like what the best players of the previous game were doing and then forced everybody to play like that. That sounds like a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I was really impressed with that reboot, though. I mean, like, it, I played the, the whole thing and enjoyed it. And um, just, I, I, you know, I liked the, um, the, the feedback loop they had on Chainsaw, Close Range Kills, and something else. Basically, they all kind of worked with each other. That was really impressive. Well, it's like you, you use like the finisher moves to regain health and ammo, and so it's yep. like it like incentivizes you to to mix it up. All just, it was a cycle. It was just yeah. really smart and like way beyond what I thought was going to be in that game at all. And just the graphics were amazing, and the monsters were really cool, and it just did a good job. I, I really wanted to like the second one, and I should go play it because I like the first one. I just the, the the zip line grappling hook thing looked amazing, and um, the monsters looked even cooler. So I should do it. That reminds me, it's out. I forgot about that. <laughs> Only a couple years old. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah. So for this topic, we're going to be watching Yaysayer's video, Ambling Alp, at mm-hmm. one quarter speed. Honestly, I just kind of picked this one because Yaysayer always just has extremely strange and, and somewhat disconcerting music videos. Three, two, one, play. Is that a geodesic dome in the distance with like two of the triangles painted red? I believe it is. In a in a desert that's not bright. I don't know why the desert isn't bright. It might be at dusk, and we have a horse that is moving very. It's like it's moving in slow motion. 
<laughs> it's almost like we should watch the video normal screen. <laughs> I, I think the horse was actually recorded in slow mo. Like the in the video, it's in slow motion as well. Uh, and here's a dude with a mirror in front of his face, and we got some ooze. Classic Nickelodeon style. Oh, yeah. They're going to dump this on your head when you get the answer wrong. Yeah. <laughs> is it mustard? What is that? It might be nacho cheese. Uh, it's It looks gritty, though. It looks... It's, oh. got some, it's got some texture to it. Oh, someone lives in the cheese. Oh, they're not giant bubbles. I thought they were going to be, like, really big bubbles. Yeah, this is like reverse nachos, where instead of dipping things into the cheese, things come out of the cheese and eat you. I watch a lot of street Korean street food videos. This makes me kind of think of some crazy thing they would serve over there, like, just covered in cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> they're, they're making, they always keep making American food better than we are, <laughs> and then they serve it on the street, and they make it, like, twice as big as normal and cover it in cheese. Oh, they know their audience. It's, I don't know, Koreans, man. They're pretty good. So now, instead of a bowl of cheese, it's a dude made of cheese. We're back to No Man's Sky. Yep. We're. Oh, there's a bunch of naked people. Yep. Oh. In, in a circle around the cheese men. <laughs> uh, Hello. The, the first hint at that this is a music video is a guy <laughs> beating a drum once. <laughs> and again, we got another hit. The horse is back. I don't think it was mentioned, but the 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 rider of the horse. The horse has a rider, and the uh, the rider is a mirror headed uh, figure draped yes. draped in black. Yeah, which is a uh, uh, pretty cool death guy. Yeah, it's unusual. Yeah, I, I think I'd like the Grim Reaper a lot more if his head were a mirror instead of a skull. That's pretty metaphorical, right? Like you see death, but you see yourself. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's still in keeping. What was the name of the dude in the new Watchmen series uh, that had the re- reflect? Was it Looking Glass? Oh, that sounds, uh, that sounds right. That sounds familiar. Is this? Are you guys seeing the guy get his face pulled around? Oh yeah, that's there's it's okay. a dude with his face. Should we talk about that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Somebody's massaging his cheeks aggressively. Do you remember the music video, the YouTube video, where like they're tying up the edge? Is it the edge or is it Bono? I don't know which is which. They're tying up his face. I remember that being oh, a yeah, thing. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, the YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. Don't I thought you said YouTube. Okay, YouTube. <laughs> Maybe I did. Honestly, I might have said YouTube video, but I meant to say music video because this I saw this on MTV in like 1994, so. This video right here could work on MTV in 1994. Yeah, because it would be too low resolution to be able to see the naked people. <laughs> they, could, they could get away with that, yeah. It'd be, yeah. All blurry, and then but but all this nonsense of like jumping around and the guy in the desert is perfect. Yeah, it's high end. This squishing face is making me so uncomfortable. Like of all the things we've seen so far, like even the, yeah. including the cheese men, I have my own hands on my face a lot, as has been pointed out to me multiple times. Yeah, this but is gross. The idea of somebody else's hands on my face is extremely disconcerting. While you're talking, like yeah. your fingers are in his mouth sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and also like that's going to a f- oh, and here's a boxer with a mo- with a mirror face. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's uh, you can't you can't do the high blows because you might crack the mirror. <laughs> that's what's cool about it, though. That's I like it. <laughs> Other gloves are very shiny as well, and they're wearing aluminum foil gloves. Yeah. The thing about pulling on your face, someone pulling on your face while you're trying to sing, is that. Your voice is going to be all messed up. You're going to like say the wrong syllables and shit. Yeah, they should do that in concert, though. Right? They should, and and they should have had someone in the recording booth. Actually, I haven't <laughs> heard the song. It does it sound like someone's pulling on his face while he's singing? I don't think it sounds like that, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
It's very rare, but I always like it when people talk with food in their mouth in shows. And they, you know what I mean? And they have to get the sounds right and everything like that. And yeah, it yeah. Sounds great. You like it? Well, yeah. Usually it just makes it funnier when they're like, it's rare that someone's actually trying to talk in a show and eat at this and exactly eat at the same time. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? The other person's eating and then they, and they politely stop and all that stuff. But occasionally their mouth is full and it's just sometimes it's funny. I was listening to something recently that, uh, where actors were talking about how they have to be very careful when there's food involved in a scene because if they start filming and they're eating, they have to do multiple takes. Yeah. So a lot of times they'll just end up having to eat way more food than they need, than they want to. Right. Mm. Just like over the course of like doing multiple takes. So it's like. This is gross, by the way. Sorry, Tariq. I just <laughs> like, good. the guy's getting like, I don't know, VHS tape fluid poured over his head and now somebody else is appearing, right? You're not into, you're not into being drenched in VHS uh, <laughs> fluid. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. You know, I haven't had it happen before, but... But yeah, like when an actor will like take a bite to punctuate their line, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's that's an act of violence they're doing to themselves because they have to do like... Because <laughs> don't they have to eat it like a zillion times? Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, heard it, him, I heard somebody say that too, that they said, that, oh, they hated it. They hate the f- that food by the end. Right. Yeah. Like hopefully like if the, if the camera cuts right after that, then they could spit it into a bucket. Right. Mm. If the director likes you... You did that right right and then they have to bring you a new burger because you just bit that one there's now there's a bite in it oh that sounds kind of cool like homer simpson in hell or something <laughs> <laughs> eating burgers and donuts over and over yeah just taking one bite of each one the thing i was listening to the guy was talking about he was eating uh, uh i think like cheese puffs or something like that and it was like a wide shot and so whenever they had to get a different angle on the scene he had to also still be eating like cheese puffs and have like a mouthful of cheese puffs oh yeah <laughs> and well. he just ended up eating like two whole bags or something like that uh, by the by the end of this oh that's no problem i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's same honestly same yeah i could do that i'm not even being paid as... oh there's the shattered shattered oh, face yeah, they broke the mirror oh it finally happened oh they yes. be- he beat death like Bill and Ted, and Bill and Ted go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> the naked people. They're coming in, they're going to eat the cheese. Oh, no. I'm calling them mustard men. You can say cheese men, but I think they're mustard. Okay, they can eat the mustard too. <laughs> and this guy on the horse is just still just staring. Oh, they're peeling They're peeling off the cheese, the mustard. Uh, the cheese. There's a dude under there. What are you doing? <laughs> you doing there? I keep thinking the drumming guy is going to turn into like blue men. It's like finding out that the Easter chocolate rabbit is hollow. It's like there's a dude in my cheese. I was thought this was all cheese. I thought you were going to say it's like finding out the dude is, is in the Easter bunny is, is hot. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you, you, you crack open the chocolate Easter bunny that's hollow. Yeah. But there's a fleshy bunny inside. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. It's good. And, and you've, you set it free. And you said, and then no, it hops away. no, it doesn't have any skin. <laughs> you just took its skin off. But there's those dudes have skin, so it's... <laughs> no, no, no. This is, Did I mention this is a tool video we're talking about? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the tool video. They take apart the, the Easter bunny and there's like a fleshy one inside. Yum. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> These guys are on the lazy Susan. Is there right? is there any like cultural cuisine that exists which is which combines meat and chocolate? Like oh yeah, the that Mexican thing is really yeah, good. Yeah, mole. What is mole that? is awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm an, I'm unfamiliar with this. Oh, it's weird. I mean, I, I hear you, but um, it doesn't taste like chocolate. It is like a oh snake face. chocolatey ish gravy, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
You should get the mole next time, Tyree. So is it savory or or, or, or is it savory? Sweet? It is savory. It's a little bit of both, hmm. but it's mostly savory. It's yeah, it's definitely it's mostly savory. You get a you get hints of chocolate. You know, it kind of tastes chocolatey, but it's not like you know how chocolate's not sweet on its own. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. They mix it with chilies, and um, you can get a good mole and, chick- and chicken, and it's great. The cheese men have snake faces. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Say. We're talking about mole and like yeah, cheese the snake. <laughs> yeah, the, the key. The video keeps being weird while we're talking about food. You weren't kidding, uh, Tyreek. This is this is definitely it. This is weird. Yeah, like all their all their other videos are about the same level, as far as I'm aware. Oh, so did you recommend this video without seeing it, without watching it first? Are we all? No, I, I watched it. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. If we all went into this blind, or not blind, but whatever the word is for not unfamiliar unfamiliar yeah yeah that would have been something the snake guy's yelling at the naked girl yeah it's just telling her stuff and she didn't seem to she's not super into it she's kind of like eh. she's got a poker face yeah she's yeah seeing people sing in slow motion is always weird because they make like such strange expressions and like especially when they hold a note just like ah like oh. yeah <laughs> yeah in slow motion. Yeah. That's not what he's saying. Oh, no. All the naked people are in the desert? Oh, they're all dead now. Mm. Sleeping? Come on, they're sleeping. Okay, they could be sleeping. <laughs> they're all closing their legs relative to the camera. <laughs> That's impressive. Every single one of them. Yeah. And they're all laying on aluminum foil, right? Right, yeah. or or those could be like uh, blankets, uh, astronaut blankets. <laughs> yeah, they could. <laughs> they could be like, what do you call the the things you use to reflect light uh, when you don't have a lighting rig, but you have the sun, uh, and you're reflecting light to light a subject for for filming. A mirror? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> that might be. It might be called a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you use a, a thing that you use to reflect light with? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they did have mirrors, right? They've all got mirror faces, so maybe that's why they're laying on the astronaut blankets. Right, yep. Yeah, there's definitely like a reflection theme, like shiny shiny surface theme in this, this video. We did a project with the kids over COVID where they they made microwave ovens, but like out in the sun. Oh. We made them out of Domino pizza boxes. Is it a microwave oven if you use the sun, or is it just an oven? I, okay, sorry, sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> solar ovens, solar oh, okay. ovens. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Microwave yeah. oven would be a whole other level of a science. Project. I would be really impressed if they made a microwave. Sorry, <laughs> no, you got me. It was a solar oven. They did work. We managed to get a um to get a, a s'mores to to like melt down in about four hours. So you know, nice. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna put the power company out of business. <laughs> was it a hot day? Are you sure that wouldn't have happened if they just left the mush the marshmallows out? <laughs> it might have worked a little faster, honestly, if we just left them out there. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was a warm day, and it still didn't seem like it. Oh no! Naked person falling downhill. Yes. Uh Yeah. There's a lot of nudity in this video. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you told me this is going to be erotic, but I'm not getting it, man. <laughs> you, this isn't turning you on? Yeah, the naked person falling down the hills in the sand looks kind of painful. It's not happening. This giant VHS liquid man in the sky isn't isn't going it for you? in the sky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creeping me out. Okay, so listen, I watched a lot of Gallo horror, like Italian um, horror movies from the 70s, and they need to pick a lane. Is it erotic or is it horror? Because you know, it just when the women are sexy in a show, they get knifed, and I'm like, I feel like this is—they're trying to give me a condition. 
Because <laughs> everybody's sexy, and then they start uh, blading, and I'm like, oh gosh, this is uncomfortable now. Isn't that just another form of horror? I guess so. I don't know. I like the Dario Argento. He makes some good ones. Good horror movies from the 70s. I'm just mesmerized by all this extremely white flesh in the <laughs> in the bright, bright sun. I hope they use sunscreen. <laughs> this guy looks hot, though, because he's in the outfit while he's beating the yeah, drums. Yeah, he's, uh, he's wearing a hood and all black. and Just wailing on that one drum. Yep. So, so which one do you pick? Are you do you want to be the naked person running around, or the guy in the heat, you know, beating on the drum? I'm going to put the mirror on my face uh-huh. and ride the horse out of the scene. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I think horse guys got got it best out of out of all these people. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that a fist? I think it's a fist. Yeah, the shiny, shiny, oh, shiny fist cool. in the desert. All the all the naked people are are aggressively rushing towards this shiny fist. Giant shiny fist. So is that what they were laying on? Did they take it apart maybe and then went to sleep on it? I think that was something else. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to make a story out of it, man. Narrative. Like the Doom Plasma Rifle. (laughs) (laughs) So the editing is now so fast, but it doesn't matter because it's in slow motion. Right, yeah. (laughs) The end? Oh, no. They're still sitting there staring at that. That would be like a a strobe effect warning. That would have been a strobe effect. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That was funny. I think this might be a... No, the glittering is happening. I was going to say this might be like a freeze frame. No, they're just standing very still. The hair is blowing, though. You can see it. And the light is twinkling. Oh, that's it. Yeah, we did it. Yep. That's the end of the video. That was cool. It's a good song, too. Cool. I'll have to check that's it out. Cool. Or at least I, I like it. Yeah. Have you bought any Yesay Your Mer- yes, Merch? I haven't, as a matter of fact. I was going to say, the question is, did they did they make any money on us three watching that? <laughs> <laughs> I've got ad block, so no. Oh, <laughs> Same. Brutal. Trying to remember, I, have I seen them live though? I may have seen them live a few years ago. You got a tip, yeah. <laughs> if you, you bought a concert ticket, that probably counts for something. Yeah, I saw them. I saw yeah. them at the Fox in 2012. Wow, that's pretty cool. I haven't seen a live band in a while. I mean, COVID. Even before COVID, I was lame. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like that was the issue. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah, Nathan, your topic is why does the metaverse look so bland? Uh, isn't this the Facebook thing, right? The metaverse. Oh, is this is this the me- Facebook metaverse? Because I'm like, I gave this about point one three seconds of attention. Um, yeah, but Zuckerberg uh, debuted uh, Second Life Part Two, which uh-huh. s- somehow Olive Garden Second Life into this bland pasta of people and polygons. It's so tame. Which, I mean, you know. I am unfamiliar. I don't know what you're talking about right now. What is what is it? I don't know. I think this is, I, I don't know, but I'm going to hypothesize that this is what Mark Zuckerberg wanted to do with VR all the time. Yes. When, he, when they right. decided to buy Oculus was like, this is a guy who grew up reading Snow Crash and Neuromancer and was like, I want a virtual reality, a shared virtual reality like they had in those books. Go Listen, go on real quick, Tyreek, do, do Facebook space. Metaverse into Google, okay? Mm-hmm. And don't click on anything other than it'll say top stories. And there's a picture and it looks like the most boring version of VR you could think of. And so I'm just being a hard ass and just saying, like, when I think of VR and jacking into the Matrix and stuff like that, it sounds cool. Yeah. And he made it as uncool as you could possibly make it. That can't get any stupider looking. Like, that is super lame. 
the metaverse in Snow Crash was designed for like the 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 one that was, was described awesome. to the readers was designed for nerds to love. It was so cool. It was cool. In in the book, it sounded amazing. It was you could do whatever, which is kind of what Second Life is, right? The actual yeah, but the amount of money they've spent into in making uh, VR, bringing VR to the public, they really want this to be a mass market thing, and so it can't be cool looking for nerds. It has to be appealing to a broad audience, which means it's going to be boring like this. Yeah, this looks like it sucks. This is the first time seeing of it, and it's it's just it looks like it's just so corporate. Oh, I wish so hard. Your little audio clip could play every time someone looked at that. It was perfect. This looks like it sucks. Just lay it down. The people don't have legs, which is fine, but like it does not match the rest of the style. If you're gonna have people. With not with no legs, yeah, make them just complete. Like like they look like me's. They look like lamer versions of me's. Oh well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it looks like that thing they had where you know you can like make emoji that are based on real people or something like that. Ugh, those are always so gross. That already look terrible and creepy. Yeah, it's like they took that and then they added a torso and arms to them, and maybe eventually they'll add the legs. But like they're just making these these very bad approximations of people. Because you have hand controls, right? right? Because you you have little hand controls that can simulate your hands, and those you have they'll have an accurate ish position right. for them. But they don't know where your feet are, right? Because there are no foot controls. That's hilarious. Second Life, I think, is fascinating because, like, if you actually the moment to moment experience of being in Second Life is like you're either bored out of your skull. Or you're being obliterated by porn and ads. <laughs> like those are the two. It's so funny. Like I haven't actually been on it, but I I I, I checked on that as well. That, that that's apparently yeah. I agree. That's supposed to be how it is. <laughs> it's so funny. This the two states of being in Second Life, and <laughs> that's what you get if you just like let it go, open it up to the world, and say let it go. Just come and build. Just yeah. build what you will. I've made this argument on the podcast before, I'm sure, but like people talk about VR like it's going to bring the metaverse to us. The shared universe happened on like GeoCities in 1997. <laughs> that yep. shit happened 20, 25 years ago. And all VR is, is a, it's a way to draw a 3D object. Yeah. Yeah. So if this looks like it sucks, which it does. What would you prefer? What what stylistic decisions do you wish they had made, or would you you make if you were if you were doing this? Like, what are they even trying to do? Like, what is actually like? Headlands. I don't know. It says work groups. Everything I've seen so far just work looks groups? like people in an office. It looks like if this is actually for like people to work together remotely, then a, an office makes sense. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Picture this for a second. So we all did Zoom for like a year and a half, right? And we all had our videos and we did our video calls and we all did all that stuff. Cool. Now imagine people working at a nonprofit and having to look at spreadsheets and look at emails. Hey, let's get on our VR headsets so we can be little cartoon things to work together. Yeah. Really? That's a good idea? The stupidest idea I've ever heard of. Yeah. Better idea. You have a conference room. Well, okay, wait. No, everybody's remote now. Never mind. So you, what they need to do is ship those little telepresence robots. You know the robots I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little like for the for the audience, like not humanoid, but like robots that like kind of are shaped like a human torso and head, 
and they have a screen for a face. Yeah. And yeah. you can like I think you've got limited mobility and like you 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 Skype in or whatever and your face appears on that robot's head <laughs> and you can like turn to look at the particip- other participants in the meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telepresence. That's what they call it. Yeah. And I think the idea was that, like, let's just have a couple of these in every conference room in the world, and then you can, someone can remote in. Uh, what they need to do instead is just, like, ship six of them to everybody's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So, like, I don't, I'm not trying to squash innovation, but this problem's been solved. I don't know what he, what that is. People working together over the internet already literally just happened. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it already. So if all he's trying to do is have people talk together in person for paperwork, there does not need to be VR. This actually has reminded me of like the the idea that like for so long, like like a, a, a marker of like the future of like future technology and stuff was that people would be able to video each other. Yeah. Like like so long like that was like a that was just a sci fi thing that you would be able to like real time talk one on one with people in. You know, it was like a, it was like on the Jetsons. You know, it's like like oh, yep. you know, the face pops up on the screen. You know, and yep. then like when we actually attained that technology, people still prefer just texting <laughs> for like casual conversations. Yeah. Like 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 yes, video com- calling is a thing, and people do do it. But like for the most part, if you're just going to have like a casual conversation, you're not going to video call someone. And so this kind of reminds me of that same sort of thing where people are envisioning this future. This idea where it's like, oh yeah, if you can like meet up meet with people in VR and do this and that and that and that. But it's like, or we could just do the thing that we already have, which is text each other and write each other. And like the less friction there is, then mm-hmm. that's the thing that people are going to gravitate towards. Similarly with the piracy thing, you know, it's like the easiest yeah. thing it is to do, that's what most people are going to do. And so like you can't really envision a future that in, that involves all these these enormous changes that if they're going to require a huge amount of, of like setup and buy-in and, and, and on like, like, Oh, you have to do this. You have to own this. You have to own this. You have to, you know, have all these things set up just to interact at at the, at the basis level. It's like, or we could just do the easier thing, you know? (laughs) I I know people who've done like VR chat, Mm. like hangouts with friends in VR. And they really talk about it. Like, it's like, it's, it's a lot more like you're really there than it is just on a on a video call. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you need that for work. And also, like one of the things you want to do all the time in a meeting is like look at pieces of paper. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just be distracted by a thing. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So your eyes are st- like you can't yeah, you, nobody can doodle. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Or or you can doodle in 3D space. Like you combine no. these, these meeting rooms with like tilt brush or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you still have to hide your doodles. In, yeah. You know what I mean? In 3D space now. You have to like very carefully do it on the virtual table. <laughs> um, so Facebook bought Oculus in 2014. And in 2017, the, there was articles about how they still hadn't done anything with the $2 billion or whatever. So let's think about this for a minute. 2017. 2014 they start 2020 rolls around and all of a sudden the world figures out how to work together over video calls and for six years the internal team has been working on the metaverse so zuckerberg's like uh hell yeah we're debuting this thing 
I mean, yeah, it seems it seems like a pretty obvious response to the last year to me. But it seems to me it's late. That's what makes me sad. It's mm. like to me, it's like they've been working on this for years, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this unforeseen thing happens that just you know energizes all kinds of. Technology. Oh, I see what you're like, saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And they beat them to it, and then Zuckerberg shows up late to the party. You know, Facebook does and goes surprise. We've got the solution to working together over the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After we've all done it for a year and a half or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no one needs that anymore. And like you said, not with all that extra technology. Even. It doesn't look like they've been working on this for six years to me. It looks like something they threw together in a couple of months, honestly, looking at these screenshots. It's insane. Uh, that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. It's a good time. Yep. Fun, fun times. Tyreek, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at 4-Bit Friday on Twitter and other places. I'm, as far as I know, the only one that's me. Right. And you, you, you spell it as if you are giving a gift. Yes. Here is a gift, 4-Bit Friday. Well, no. It's the number four. <laughs> you, how dare you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's the number four, but it's all spelled out. It's the word of the number four. <laughs> it's definitely not what you said, Jim. It's... <laughs> It's the number. It's all spelled out with words, but the word, the It'll first be in word the show is, is the number four. See if anybody's on 4-Bit Friday. <laughs> I have not. Uh, it doesn't exist. No account. Someone has to register that now. This reminds me of the time I bought PossessiveMommy'sBestGames.com just in case. Wow. I-E-S. Just oh. in case. I oh, that's that plural. While. That's like Mommy's... No, 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 plural. I'm sorry, plural. I bought plurals. For a while I had plural, but it is possessive. M-O-M-M-Y-S. I thought you were saying that you bought possessive mommy's best games. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that entire phrase. Oh, 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 oh. No, I bought plural, yeah. I bought error with an F, mommy's best games. I bought error with an F and you bought possessive mommy's best games, yeah. <laughs> We're just thorough, okay? Yeah. We're just covering all our bases. Yeah. And Nathan, if this is something they want, where can people find you on the internet? I'm Mommy's Best Games, so it's M-L-M-M-Y-S, mommysbestgames.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Weapon of Choice DX comes out to all your consoles on September 2nd. Please buy it for $6 so I can make my next game. Ooh, price went up. And it's like a tip to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, don't just go on YouTube and pirate it. Right. <laughs> yes, please don't. In case you really want to like Nathan's tweets and you want to leave him a tip, you buy this game on all the consoles. I'd really appreciate it. You can buy it on all three. That'd be great. Thanks so much for being on. My pleasure. Thank you. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!